0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I cannot wait to get into this week's podcast episode or this week's topic. that is talking about mistakes that I wish I would not have made when I was active in my love addiction while dating. I hope that by sharing my experiences that any woman who can relate to it um, can find some connection and also find some some validation of what you're going through along with hearing mistakes to not repeat for yourself. And I want to continue this by talking about in another week, talk about mistakes made in my love avoidance Um, when I was dating, but also as I have been in a long-term committed relationship, which has been marriage for me. I'm also going to have follow-up episodes that talk about what love addiction can look like in marriage and mistakes for you to avoid, and also love avoidance and mistakes to avoid. Because y'all, being in partnership with someone or being in a relationship or having whatever it is that you feel like is that missing piece will not fix and heal you. You are still the common denominator. And all of our ways that we can use relationships to self-medicate, that we can avoid being in touch with what we need, the ways that our unresolved trauma can show up, it will still show up no matter what the circumstances are around you. Whether you're broke, whether you're a millionaire, whether you have no kids, whether you have lots of kids, whether or not you are partnered or single, You bring yourself everywhere you go. So hopefully by me talking about this in all of these different stages, you will be able to maybe see yourself if you can relate to it. And if not, that's totally fine. Maybe you can share with someone who um, you have talk talk you have heard talk about these types of things. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's Foaming Wash and Wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot Wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot Wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the Foaming Wash and Wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist-approved, and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from Summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. I just want to make a quick comment though, because we are still, if you've been listening to these episodes live, we are still technically in our mama month. And so this this week's episode was intended to be an episode about mother wounds and trauma. And as we get closer to Mother's Day, the topics that I had planned, I just wanted to do a temperature check because everything that I put out is in hopes of benefiting you as my audience. Of course, you know, I put out things that I'm like, they might not know that this is important. So I want to educate and inform. But when it comes to mother wounds, because it was this, this, the series was built with the intention of support, I just want to be very mindful that what I put out is actually helpful and needed. We already had a really great episode by Jennifer Arnese talking about the black mother wound. Um, We had another episode that talked about managing feelings around childlessness around mother's day and what may come up for women with that. And I was wondering if we needed to just move into a positive topic. I talk a lot about trauma. I talk a lot about healing. And I could definitely talk more about coping when you have a narcissistic mother or a mother who has borderline personality disorder. And some other topics I was talking about or I thought about that were more pain-based, but I was wondering if maybe one that celebrates the connection between mothers and daughters would actually be a refreshing way to end our Mama's Month. So would love to be responsive to whatever I hear back from y'all. And so that will probably be our last episode to end Mama's Month I already gave the disclaimer at the beginning of this that our Mamas Month may extend through June, so So we'll see when our last mama Month episode is, but again, um, I look forward to hearing from y'all. So with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic. So I'm talking about mistakes that I wish I would have avoided when I was active in my love addiction while I was single and dating. And the first one that I want to say off the bat is I wish that I would not have overcommitted to persons or partnerships or relationships that I had made up in my mind were it in spite of red flags. And so there were multiple relationships that I had or that I wanted to have that were giving me clear signs that they were not the right fit for me. But I had already created a story about why this relationship was it. So, um, and this could be with people who I had already had a relationship with, so maybe a friendship or we had had a history in the past or also just new potential people that I was dating. So, um, especially if I had, I saw their online profile, especially if we had had a lot of witty banter and connection, I made up in my mind from the first meeting or the first couple of interactions that this was it. And because I'd already made that commitment in my heart, because I'd already made that commitment in my mind, because I created this whole story about how we would work out in the end, I was committed to making that happen to completion. I was committed to seeing it out and giving this person chance after chance, um, allowing mistake after mistake to happen, rationalizing distance, rationalizing flakiness, Rationalizing moments that I felt uncomfortable because I had already known, quote unquote, known, you can't see my air quotes, but I'd already known that this person was the one um, because I had written our story and I wish that I would have learned to be more present in the moment in my relationships. I would have people that would tell me you just need to have fun and, you know, just be in the moment and get to know people. But I did not know how to do that. I had an on and off switch. So either I was fully in and fully committed, and this person was going to be my future husband, or what I, the only understanding I had of having fun was pretending to be aloof and pretending to not really care when really. I still very much wanted there to be an outcome. I didn't know how to be secure and present within myself, even though I thought that I was. There was still a part of me that really needed, I needed the assurance that even though I was single now, that one day I would be partnered, right? And because if I was partnered, then that would mean that I was okay. That would mean that I wasn't broken. That would mean that I could rest easy at night because I knew that one day it would finally, it would all work out and I would be with someone. And here's what I try to tell my students and people that I work with. The goal is not for you to not ever want to be partnered. I think that is a way that we gaslight ourselves. And I think that is a way that we put ourselves under really unfair standards to be these these eunuchs who never desire relationship when it is human to want to be partner with someone. The difficulty or, or the, the way that this leads into love addiction is the belief that if I am never partnered, that it is evidence that I was never good enough, right? There, there's this, this need to be chosen to validate when your existence is valid, no matter who is attached. So I can know and fully rest in the fact that I am worthy. I can fully rest in the fact that I am amazing and that I would be an excellent partner because I'm already an excellent friend, because I'm already an excellent person, because I came into this world with inherent value. And the partnership is just one more aspect of my life. It is a detail. It is not the mountain peak. And I would hear these things, but because I had unresolved trauma, because I did not have a good locus of self-worth within myself, I, I didn't know how to actually make that ring true. I would say affirmations about my worth. I would do things that were the outward actions that supposedly prove that you love yourself and prove that you are secure in your singlehood. But because I had these wounds on the inside, it was all just fake, (laughs) which is why when I would get into these relationships and commit to these people, even when they were not treating me in the way that someone with inherent worth deserved to be treated when they weren't pursuing me in the way that I was pursuing them. And sometimes y'all, just to be clear, pursuing does not mean that you are, you know, chasing after this person and answering all their calls or doing whatever that looks like. Pursuing could just mean that they have an unlimited box of opportunities to to just mess with you. (laughs) I wanted to say fuck with you, but I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to only use my curse words for whenever it, um, I really need that emphasis and value, but yeah, just giving people multiple opportunities to just let you down and y'all, your time is valuable. Your heart is valuable. Your worth is valuable. So yeah, that is a mistake that I wish that I would have Understood to not commit to people who had not earned the ability to to be trusted with my heart. Right? I was I was easy to love, or I was easy to give love, which leads into the second one. So there's going to be a lot of overlap with these mistakes because they're all connected. But another mistake that I would that I made is I rationalized the fact that I would rationalize um, red flags. So what that means is I would justify and explain away all of these things that were happening that didn't make me feel good. And I would try to take ownership of it. And I would try to take responsibility of these things that were happening. And one of the things that I would say, and it's kind of like a badge of honor, and I've actually heard it very recently with someone who was um talking about their story and talking about learning how they are an empath and how they just see the best of people. And, you know, it's just something that happens. And here's the thing it is totally good for you to see the best in people. We need you to balance out um, those of us who might be a little bit more cynical and those of us who might be more um, skeptical. You know, there's that's the yin and the yang. We need people who are open hearted. But I would say this thing about, you know, I just, you know, I just believe in love and I believe in expecting the best of people as an excuse of why I didn't have to do my own healing work to realize why I was so willing to let people run all over me. So because it's just inside of me that I expect the best of people, it's something that I could not change. It's something that's just inherently a part of me. So when bad things happen, I don't have to do this self-healing work to figure out why I was letting this happen. I could just rest in the fantasy that one day I would meet somebody that would make it all better. One day I would just meet someone who would just magically know how to cherish me and treat me and treasure me and and it'll all be worth it in the end, right? That that fairy tale thing that we have. But what that belief does is it puts us at risk of years and years of mistreatment because we're hoping like Bambi or like Cinderella that one day someone's going to see our true inherent value. They're going to see that princess energy. They're going to see that that lover angel energy inside of us and be so attracted and so drawn to it that they're going to sweep us off of our feet and just show up for us, right? And this, this is across the board, if you operate from a place of love addiction, this is for my ladies who are very overt you your please love me and rescue me and um, and treat me and you're very outwardly dainty. And this is also happens with my high powered CEOs and C-suite ladies like that, whether or not you show it or um, out, outwardly or not, it's shown in the relationships that you take is shown in, in the power that you give to partners to to be your everything, to be your knight in shining armor or your, your nitrous in shining armor, <laughs> you know, or your person in shining armor for my non-binary folks. You know, it is, it is a constant r- releasing of your personal ownership and hoping that someone will magically know how to heal you and how to love you when you don't even know how to do that for yourself when you don't really have those requirements hey we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. For yourself, when you don't even have your own base standards. And part of that is because you may have grown up in a household or grown up in a setting where those weren't things that were cultivated for you. That those were things that were, um, actually, you know, kind of brainwashed out of you or trained out of you because you had to take care of other people, because you had to be so attentive to what the other people around you wanted you to act like and think like and feel like for the family to keep going, for them to be happy and to pr- be proud of you, for them to not abuse you or neglect you right? You didn't have the space to figure out what what you wanted. You didn't have the privilege to figure out what it is that you needed. And you kind of also learned that it was easier to be with partners or be your friend groups or be in situations where there was someone who made those decisions for you. And so it makes sense that it shows up like this in your romantic partnerships too. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. But going back to my original point about it just being this inherent, like I just love people and I expect the best of people and I'm powerless to change that. There is a balance between being someone who is optimistic and being someone who sees things in reality. So I can see you and say, you know what? I know that you can you can show up as this best version of yourself. I see the potential in you. And I also see that this is actually what you're capable of. And this is what you actually can give me. And also, thirdly, I know my worth and I know my value. I know that even if this is your best and maybe one day you can give this to me, I actually don't have to take this because it would be detrimental to me. I do not have to self-abandon me to show up for you. And if, I, if it requires me to abandon me and take what you're giving me um, in order for you to figure out if maybe one day you may want to turn and love me, we may not be the best fit. Right? Again, I can still I can still see you and I can still love you and I can still support you, but I am not required to be in partnership with you. To be in partnership with me is a gift. It is a privilege. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that I'm conceited. That doesn't mean that I'm based in ego. It means that I know that when I show up and I love, I love hard, right? Which is another thing that my love addicts will say. You'll own very proudly that you love hard which the code for that when you're operating in love addiction is that I will love you and take whatever you give me, no matter how much you hurt me. And again, with that hope that one day you'll get this magical badge of honor that looks like them realizing their mistakes, them realizing what they've lost, them realizing that you're amazing, and they will take, they will change and turn around and show up for you in the way that you want. But here's the thing, y'all, when we operate that way, we are taking ownership for their mistakes. We are saying that the reason why they are acting the way that they are acting is because I'm not doing enough, is because I'm not pretty enough, my ass isn't big enough, is because my sex isn't good enough, is because I'm not smart enough, is because I need to work on my attitude, whatever it is, when that person has their own issues that they have to work through. They have their own healing work. They have their own shadow work that has nothing to do with you. And so, again, it's us moving out of this place of savior, us moving out of this place of fantasy into into a place of balance, um, into a place that honors what we have to, to give to people um, and honors that we deserve to be. If I feel like I'm a princess, I deserve to be treated like a princess from the onset. If these are things that you relate to, by the way, um, we have our mini course, which is called You Are Worthy, um, that you can do on your own time. It's self-paced. You have access to it forever. But I talk more about the roots of feeling unworthy, where that comes from in our trauma. You get journal prompts and exercises for you to work through, to figure out what is it that I actually want? What is it that I actually want to feel like in relationships? How have I felt like before? And what is it that I'm moving towards? And um, we talk a lot about self-compassion as well. So you can go ahead and get that by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash worthy and go ahead and get started. And you know what, since I'm mentioning it, I'm going to Y'all a coupon code. Um, if you're listening to this in May, May 2021, if you put in the coupon code MAY 2021, you can take $50 off and go ahead and get started. So, um, again, that's blackgirlsheal.org/slash worthy and take our You Are Worthy course. And so, related to that, the last mistake that I wish that I would not have made when I was active in my love addiction that I didn't have worries for, um, or at least I, I knew what was happening in the moment, but I didn't want to say it out loud, and I also kind of felt like I deserved it. I felt like it was true, is a better way to say that, is I would limit the partners that I made myself available to or that I um, allowed to pursue me because I felt like I was not on their level. And it was hard for me to admit that, and it's even a little bit of embarrassment now. Uh, well, no, I don't have any embarrassment of that. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> I had embarrassment back then, because, and the reason, the reason why I don't have embarrassment, y'all, and this is a place that you get to in your healing, is I have so much self-kindness and empathy and love and acceptance for the Sheena of my past. I understand and I fully accept where she was and I understand that she was doing the best that she knew how with the information and access to personal resources, emotional resources, to self-understanding at that time. Um, it's not like I made these decisions when I have full access of myself and I just you know, took a car and, and I decided to drive off the side of the road. I did the best I knew how in the moment. And so when I look back at the me of the past, the me of you know 10 years ago, whatever however long ago, I look at her with so much self-compassion and so much love and so much tenderness. And if she was in front of me, that I would say, "You know, a good job, I would hold her hand, I would give her love, I would say, "You know, you are so worthy and I'm so proud of you because you are doing everything you know how to do." I would never, in a million years, look at her with criticism and say, "What is wrong with you, girl? You you slipping. You you are making so many mistakes right now. You are missing out because that's only going to add on to the shame and low self worth that she's already experiencing." Right? So many of us are so geared towards self motivation, looking like kicking ourselves, and that kicking ourselves may get us so far. But really it's keeping you stuck because if you are making mistakes based out of shame and you just pile on more shame, how is that supposed to break you out of that cycle? Right? We we sometimes believe when we don't have access to self-kindness, when we um not that has not been modeled to us by caregivers and people around us, or when people are only nice to us, when there's like a catch twenty two happening. Treating ourselves with kindness seems like a trick. It seems like cod- coddling versus healthy self love and healthy interaction. But anyways, going back to my original point. Hopefully these tangents are helpful for y'all. Um, these these side these side teaching moments. But going back to my original point, the me from the past would make these decisions because she felt like. She was not worthy of these partners. And she felt shame talking about this, or I felt shame talking about this or admitting that to myself because, on paper, it made no sense why I would feel this way. I was well liked. I was funny. I was cute. I had a great job. I loved the Lord. Like, it makes no sense why I could walk into a room and immediately cancel out certain people because I felt like they were better than me. When I know, especially according to friends and family and my therapist, that I should totally not be intimidated. So I could never admit that to myself that I was intimidated by people. Um, And the way that it would look like is I would make all these justifications of why they wouldn't, want to date me so like I bet he only likes white girls or I can't keep conversation up as well as he does he's super witty and I'm not really that good at banter or you know he's really athletic And I barely do any exercise, so there's no way that I could talk to him. Or he only likes women with this shape size. Or this person only likes girls who are light-skinned. Or this person only likes girls who who have long hair. Or this person only likes girls whose natural hair looks like this. There was always some justification, but the common denominator was that I did not feel enough. And when you operate from this place of not feeling enough, what you do is you take partners who are almost what you want them to be. And you stay in relationships with people who almost treat you how you want to be treated. It's close enough so you'll take it and you can work with it, right? Instead of knowing that the desires of your heart are there for a reason. And standards are there for a reason. And it's okay to ask for what you want. And it's okay for me to, and people are just people. There's no one who is better than you. And there's also, y'all, there's no one who's less than you either as well. For those of us who operate as a, from a place of ego, as a, from a place as self-protection that we go into kind of looking down on people. But either way, it's all neutral. So the person that you want to be connected to, you deserve to talk to them. And they deserve to get to know a wonderful person like you. But I didn't know that back then. I didn't believe that, right? I, I might have heard that and I might even said that to other people and I might even given it as advice to my clients when I was um, operating as a therapist. But I didn't receive that for myself. It was true for other people, but it wasn't true for me. And so that goes back to we really have to do our own self-healing work or we will limit what... We receive and what we give in relationships. And since I just mentioned the word receive, I said in an earlier version of this episode when I was recording how for some people, it is their story that they end up in relationships. They have a whole history of broken relationships and they end up in relationships with someone who is amazing and who does treat them in the way that they deserve. And they don't understand how they got to be so lucky. I've worked with those women as well. And this might be you or it might've been you in the past. What happens with those women, and I'm totally getting into a future episode, so I'll, t- I'll probably talk about this point again. But what happens with those women when you get into relationships with these wonderful partners, because you, you still haven't done that healing work of not feeling enough, It might help you to be in a partnership and learn that this is the new normal, but it's also still hard for you to receive that goodness. It's hard for you to receive that this is not going to, they're not going to magically change their minds one day without creating a fight out of nowhere um, and sabotaging the moment, without you avoiding being in their presence for too long because you may not have worries for it, but to be in that much tenderness and that much openness and that much love that's just freely given without you having to earn it, it is so disruptive (laughs) to what you're used to and we will we will we will mess it up if we do not do that healing work that knows that no this this is how it should have always been and it's okay to rest in that it's okay to find peace in this and so for anyone who is feeling that right now or has ever felt that way before that you've gotten into relationships with people who are just so great for you and you just feel that maybe they would be better with somebody else just know that this is something that's totally healable. This is something that's totally rewritable. These are all just stories and narratives that were given to us by parents and caregivers in our settings. We came into this world as little babies, just wanting to be loved and receiving love. And, and our circumstances is what taught us otherwise. And if that was taught to us, we can also unlearn it and we can learn to normalize being in healthy, committed partnerships and relationships, and being treated with kindness and love and respect from people who give it freely and give it without abuse, neglect, and all the other things that come along with that when we are with unavailable partners. So hopefully this share helps for those of us who needed it. Again, I will uh, follow up with how love avoidance shows up in relationships and dating relations or my mistakes that I made when I was operating as an avoidant in dating relationships and also, I'll be having other episodes talking about how this has looked like for me in um, committed partnerships and or marriage. And if you're interested in our self-study You Are Worthy program, you can go ahead and go to blackgirlsheal.org worthy. Use the temporary coupon code of May 2021, May 2021, um, through the end of this month. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you in the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.